Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome into the Iwana Enquirer podcast. Let's continue our position previews with a position that's added a lot of pieces, but the top two at the top of the depth chart, who we believe are the top two, uh, Daniel Barker and Luke Ford, are pretty known qualities, especially Daniel Barker. We know how talented they are. But the new offense could really change how we view uh, this position group. It's Jeremy Warner, Line Inquirer publisher, with Joey Wagner of Line Inquirer as well. And Brett Bielma loves to use his tight ends. He did at Wisconsin, where he had three NFL draft picks at the position, and he did at Arkansas, where he had three NFL draft picks at the position. But just to give you a little bit of insight onto tight end usage, the last five years under Lovey Smith, Illinois tight ends averaged 27 receptions for about 350 yards and three and a half touchdowns. At Arkansas, the tight ends each season averaged about 61 receptions, 750 yards, and six touchdowns. Uh, that, that was all led by uh, Hunter Henry for most of those years, but there are some other good ones as well. A.J. Derby, Jeremy Sprinkle, uh, back at Wisconsin, Travis Beckham, Garrett Graham, Lance Kendricks, all very, very good players. And Tony Peterson, the offensive coordinator, had some really good guys. And Ben Utech and Matt Spath, that was back in his Minnesota days in the Big Ten. So this is a position that is far more important to this staff. You just see how many players they're moving this position, Joey, how they've used them in the past. Rod Smith didn't use tight ends very much at Arizona. So even though he used them decently here at Illinois, especially Daniel Barker, uh, and Lovey Smith had some success year one with Lou Dorsey, this is a position that's going to be much more of a focal point under this new staff. Yeah, I mean, if I were guessing, I would think Daniel Parker and Luke Ford, when they found out Brett Bielema was going to be the head coach, were, were probably quite excited once they realized, if they didn't already, how much he uses tight ends. And you're right. I mean, this Tony Peterson was pretty clear. Like, we're going to we're going to use them too. This isn't just a Bielema philosophy that everyone's got to catch up to. This is an offensive coordinator that believes in it. Obviously, Ben Miller, the tight end coach. I mean, this this is something that is universally believed in around there, and they've got the guys at least the top two guys, to do it and do it effectively. We think, I mean, we know Daniel Barker's much, much more proven than Luke Ford, but anytime you think, like, I don't know, you know, we haven't seen much of Luke Ford, you see him in person, and you're like, it all adds up. I mean, it makes sense that he would be he would be pretty good here. But this is, this is a really strong, I would say strong, at least top four. Right, I mean, I, top three and a half would, would say group that could execute what they want to do. Yeah, so let's break down those options. And, and I know Luke Ford is the guy who gets the fans excited, and we'll, we'll talk about him because he has an incredibly high ceiling. And I can tell you the NFL is really looking at him um, based on his just talent and, and you know what he can be in this offense. But 
what I, I think Daniel Barker, I would bet on having a bigger impact, at least in terms of receptions, right? I mean, this is a kid that in three seasons with Illinois has 46 receptions for 625 yards and seven touchdowns. He's been a big play threat for them. I think he's over 15 yards per catch. He's great in that seam. He's got a great rapport with Brandon Peters. I mean, the highlight we all remember is, is the sidearm pass to, to Daniel Barker at Michigan State, but Outside of Josh Amator Bebe, Daniel Barker was the brightest spot of that passing offense the last couple of years, and he's been a really effective receiver. He has been a below-average blocker, and I think that's going to be really important for him. I think he'll line up in the slot sometimes uh, in this offense. I think he'll move and be an H-back at sometimes, but he is a versatile weapon, Joey that I, I think defenses have to account for in the middle of that offense. And, and he preside, provides some matchup options. So if he continues to improve as a blocker, I think he's Illinois' best tight end this season because he's proven it. He has proven to be a big-time Big Ten weapon. Uh, and a guy that I think might be going under the radar uh, is, is a potential all-Big Ten kind of guy down the line. Yeah, this uh, might be under the radar. I don't understand how he's under the radar. I mean, he's – I think it's just because Luke Ford, sure. top 100 prospect, in-state guy who's – way more vocal with us media than Daniel is, even though Daniel's this fun guy with celebrations and his energy. It's just Luke, I think, is more out there, more top of mind. For yeah, but, but Daniel Barker, someone asked about a, three weeks ago who could be Illinois' leading receiver for touchdowns. Like, I would honestly right now say I would feel comfortable with Daniel Barker being that. He's, I'd say Barker and Hightower, probably, yeah. just because physical size, yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Blocking is going to be something that, I think he's going to need to improve on it. I feel like that's been a conversation we've had for a few years. But every time you look, it's like, well, the positives of what he's able to do in the passing game probably outweighs whatever he's missing as a blocker. And, and you, can, you can probably mask that a little bit with some of the other talent that you have in the room. I mean, brought over a freaking offensive lineman to play tight end. If you need to block, I'm not saying put him in the rotation, but like there's ways that you can, you can kind of mask where he's deficient there because he's very good in the passing game, and, and he's comfortable with Brandon Peters, right? I mean, those two have, those two have done some things on a football field in a couple of years. So, I, I, yeah, I think he might lead the team in receptions. I think he might be the mo- he's definitely the most proven tight end on the roster, the best one they've had in a while. I mean, you wish you would have seen what Lou Dorsey could have done here. But, man, he's, he's really solid, and he, he's gone about it. And I remember maybe after his freshman year, he, he made it a point to maybe shed some pounds. Maybe it was before that and be – a little more electric in the passing game, and, and he's done that. And, and Illinois seen a lot of tight ends get through him on the seam on defense, but he could be that guy to flip it a little bit and be a problem for other teams. Yeah, and I'm just trying to think of you know guys who are sure-handed, and I don't have the numbers yet in front of me, but he just felt like a guy that if you needed to win a contested catch, he was more likely to do it maybe anybody but Josh Metor Bebe the last couple of years and, and actually haul it in. And it just feels like he was the guy who, I'll have to look up the numbers again, but it just feels like a guy who's a little bit more sure-handed. All right, but Luke Ford, how can you not be excited about the possibilities here, right? He's six foot six, 250, 260 pounds, former top 60 prospect in the country, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, all these programs wanted him. And one of the best prospects I really covered in depth uh, is, is a prospect because Illinois was very involved in his recruitment. Um, but he comes to Illinois, has to sit out a year, then finally we get to see him on the field. And, and last year we're thinking this position is unbelievable. Daniel Barker, Luke Ford, Daniel Matorbebe. And we barely saw Matorbebe because of injuries. We saw one great drive of his against Purdue, and then that was it. Now he's on to his seventh year at Kansas State. 
but Luke Ford, we saw on the field, I think it was 36% of the time, targeted four times, which just seems like a negligence of a potential playmaker for an offense that really, really needed it. So Luke needed to make strides. And I know Luke wasn't the most reliable guy uh, in the playbook and in the offense last year, but he still needed to be used, and he just wasn't last year. So I think that, that's got to be a big regret uh, of the previous staff, even though I know Luke has to make strides. And here's the, here's the, here's the time now. I mean, Luke Ford, it's your fourth year. And, and he said it in the spring, I have two catches to my name. Or is it three catches now? Three catches in, in three years at the college level. He's got he's to make strides as a reliable guy. And it, was, it wasn't great to hear. I'm just going to be honest. It wasn't great to hear that he showed up late to something and missed one of the early practices of training camp because you've got to be on your P's and Q's now. Like your ranking in you know, our rankings for high school prospect doesn't matter anymore. It's about can the staff rely on you and can you make an impact on the field. The good news is we saw spring ball. He's talent. Six catches, 80-plus yards, a great one-handed touchdown. He's an unbelievable talent, Joey. He could be the most physical blocker of the tight end group. Uh, he's six foot six, huge wingspan, great red zone threat, good hands. So now it's time to put it all together. I think if he acts like a professional, he's going to be playing professional football uh, not very long into the future. Yeah, that one-handed catch, he made a football look like a tennis ball. I mean, he is just physically everything you could possibly dream to have in a tight end. And, and he didn't really make it look that hard either, right? Like he just made it look like a normal catch. But I think if you look back, like last year was really disheartening in a lot of ways. Probably, I'm sure if he would be honest with you, maybe some on his end and the, the coaching staff, last coaching staff is being honest on there. And like the highlight of his was maybe like a block as an H back. Remember, I just remember he like bolts someone over and you're like, oh, cool. Yeah, this is what this is what everybody thought you could do. And you did it and you just sent this guy into another realm of humanity. So, but we just never saw more of that and, and you've, got to do it because look he committed to Brett Bielema at Arkansas like it's not like these two come from a different tree here right I mean they 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 know the importance of the position Brett he's got everything that I think Brett and Ben Miller can really take to another level but we just haven't seen and I, I did say this about Isaiah Williams in our last podcast you don't those schools don't misevaluate talent but at, at some point the other player the players got to make sure they're putting themselves in a position to realize that, and I'll be really curious what they can get out of Luke Ford, but I think the ceiling is high for a reason, and I think he knows that. And I, I thought what you said what he, when he told us in the spring, I've got two or three catches to my name, I think that was really telling about him, right? Being yeah, like, just telling about Brett Bielma, too. I think Brett's had some real conversations with, with Luke about, hey, you're a great talent. And, and I'll, I'll be frank, like I've seen some reports of him uh, from some agencies that project him as a potential second or third round pick, not in 22, but in 2023. So the NFL and agents have their eyes on Luke Ford as a guy who just has an unbelievable skill set at that position with, you know, I, I know the term baby Gronk has been thrown out because of the personality, but also the physical skills, right? But the thing about Gronk was, man, he showed up and like he got better and better and better and he's a professional. And, and that's the next step Luke needs to take is, you know, can you be reliable day to day? Can you improve every day? Uh, and can you do what the coaches ask of you? And I think Brett's had some real conversations. I think. Look, I, I'm also going to put myself in the shoes as best as I can of being a highly ranked kid and you're this all world, everything your whole life. And you, 
you know, maybe you do come in and, and, and you put all this work and you have four targets for a whole year, and I would be ticked. And I don't know if he was, but imagine trying to go and at some point would it be hard to lock in? I know you're a college football player. I know you want to be great, but you're doing all this for four freaking targets in a year on an offense that stinks? I, I mean, that's not – that's got to be hard to – to put all together, and then you put the weight of what last year was for everybody. I mean, I, I would imagine that was a challenging year, and I'm not making excuses for him because the catches and the stats speak for themselves. But, man, just does that not have to be tough to, to do all that and you're not even getting a, a shot? You've just got to bowl people over in the blocking game? That, that sounds rough. i tell you what, though. That's a big part of his game and a big part of what I think is going to make him appealing to the next level is – when I watched Luke as a prospect, the thing I loved most about him was blocking drills at these camps because he took them seriously and he was dominant in them. And I love that in this offense where you got to run the ball, but also, um, you know, I think they're going to be more balanced than than most people think. Like I don't think it's going to be 65-35 run to pass here. Uh, Brett Bielema's Wisconsin teams were very efficient at, at passing the ball, uh, and Luke is a dynamic piece of that. Um, the fact that you have to account for him in the run game. As, as good of a blocker as he's shown to be. And then you got to count for him as, as this good athlete with great hands uh, in the middle of the field who can blouse some defensive backs over, right? Like, there's just such a high ceiling. And I do think it's almost a little full circle that he committed to Brett Bielema because of what Arkansas was doing with Hunter Henry at the time. And now they get a chance to do it together. I, I just think Brett Bielema and, and Tony Peterson, to a lesser extent, are the right fit for him. Like, I, I just feel like there's a much better fit football-wise for Luke Ford than the past staff was. Even though, you know, I think the last staff tried to get him involved at times, I don't think they did it enough um, last year. And, and that's why I think this is going to be a good fit for him. And, and now it's, I think, on Luke. You got the offense. You have, uh, I think, the coaches to get the most out of you. Now I want you to take advantage of that. Because if he does, Joey, he's got all Big Ten kind of potential. He's got NFL draft kind of potential. And if he does, and you've got two really stinking good tight ends, right? And proven tight ends. I think another key to this, Jeremy, they've also got the quarterback that I think can get them the ball where they need it, right? Last year was in and out, third string, second string. I mean, the whole nine yards was such a jumbled mess because of COVID that now I think you have consistency in Brandon Peters who can make the throws to get them the ball. And that is... That is a huge thing to me, and, and you got you got targeting him more than four times. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I know. Yeah, uh, they're gonna. I think they're gonna look for the tight ends a little bit more. I agree. Uh, we got we can't we got to mention other guys in this group though because it's a huge group of tight ends. A lot of position changes and guys that I think you're gonna see on the field more than fans probably expect. And a couple of them are transfers. Let's talk about those guys when we come back on the Alana Inquirer podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, so understandably, Daniel Barker and Luke Ford are going to get most of our time in this podcast, Joey, and they'll probably get most of the time in this room. But there are two transfers I think we should talk about, and let's just bring up how big this room is. They got six scholarship players and five walk-ons, uh, a former tight end or a, a former lineman in this group, and Preston Engel, um, and a former defensive end in Cooper Davis, a former safety slash linebacker in Michael Marquez. Uh, so they have added a lot of pieces here. Uh, but two guys I want to mention: Max Rosenthal, uh, former fullback at Michigan State. Don't think he'll be lining up at tight end too much, though Brett mentioned, could we put him at the Y, which is kind of that slot tight end position. Uh, maybe you see this, some of that, but I think you're going to see him kind of in that H-back role. Not going to be running routes down the middle of the field, but you see this with a lot of the super backs uh, Iowa has used or Northwestern has used. He's kind of a hammerhead blocker who can catch a pass in, in the flat and maybe get you a couple extra yards, but really just a physical blocker and, and an experienced one at Michigan State. Reminds me a little bit of maybe how they used Austin Roberts yeah. a few years ago. And, like, if Max Rosenthal rolled out there with, like, one of the neck rolls or whatever, I'd be like, yeah, that's it. Like, he is just a compact dude who looks like he is he's ready to knock you over. And, and in, you know, this offense, that's something that is going to matter to them. And there's a reason, you know th- – None of these transfers at any position got here by chance, right? Like, there was a reason they went out and targeted the skill sets that they targeted, and his is, you know, they got a fullback for a reason, and, and he'll be used a little differently. But I'm really eager to see what he can do and, and probably be a little more involved in the pass game than we think. I mean, I, I don't think he's just coming in here to be a sixth offensive lineman. I think there's going to be another way they can use him. But he's a really interesting guy. We haven't really gotten a chance to talk to him. Obviously, we see – 15 minutes of hitting sleds so we don't know a lot of that and that might be like the one position that they have or one person or one of two people that they have some real secrecy over that everyone else because we just don't know but I, I, I'm interested I, I think I have an idea but I think there's probably a little bit wider of a variety for him yeah I think you just turn on some like northwestern film and how they use their super back like I don't think he's gonna have the ball in his hands a lot I think he's gonna be a blocker uh, most of the time but he does give you a little bit of versatility and that you do have to account for him uh, in the passing game as well one name that I think the last month you and I have taken notice of how the staff talks about him is is Brandon Hohenstein uh, kind of an under radar transfer um, Hohenstein Hohenstein not sure Bielma's used both pronunciations so far, uh, so we'll ask for some clarity on that. But started his career at Nebraska, then went and transferred to Abilene Christian, where he was a very productive tight end. He's about 6'4", 230, 240 pounds, and uh, he does have some flexibility where I think he can play both H-back and uh, kind of a backup tight end. But it's a guy the staff has mentioned that, that could make an impact here, and I think he'll be a special teams guy, but I think he'll also be potentially the third or fourth tight end in that group, so just a name to know. The other guy I think for the long term and maybe um, short term can be part of the rotation is, is Tip Ryman. Um, a former walk-on that Rod Smith did a heck of a job uh, recruiting, as even though he had some FCS offers, the South Dakota kid decides to come to Illinois as a walk-on, and he is really bulked up. Uh, six foot four, six foot five, 230 pounds now. Still needs to add some more strength, but he has transformed his body over the last year and kind of the more typical tight end, right? Six foot five, long, athletic, uh, as he continues to add strength. He's a, he's a guy that I think in the next couple of years could be a key part of this tight end room uh, as Daniel Barker and, and Luke Ford move on. So 
the depth there has improved a lot due to the transfer market and due to the development of, of the guy like Tip Ryman. If you haven't seen Tip Ryman, there's a little bit of Luke Ford to him. Luke Ford, like physically, just the way that they're built. I mean, he's a he's a big guy, man. And like I think we've talked about it. We may have even said it on a previous podcast. If I had to say, like, who's going to be the walk-on, who's going to end up being in one of those scholarship videos, like, I would lean to guess him just because I think – He's got a lot of what they do. I think he's got, got a lot of the work ethic to go along with it. I, I think they're high on him. They're excited about him for a reason. Uh, and Brandon Holmstein, I mean, the guy had 330 yards and two touchdowns as a junior at Albaline Christian. Last year, six games, very weird season. But he still had 12 catches for 191 yards and 61 yards against Army. So, I mean, the guy... He can produce a very under-the-radar, I think, get for Illinois to, to bring him in here as a walk-on and, and see what he's made of and what he can do. But, yeah, that name has just kind of bubbled a little bit more. I think a lot of what we're going here is we, we heard Brett say it at media days, and, and then you've kind of followed up on it. It's like, okay, there's – you know, I don't think he's going to be a, a game-changer, but I think depth is so important. And a couple pieces that – that can go in and give you a little bit of, of room to operate there. and We'll see, but definitely some guys who can make a different – I mean, it's not like it's just Daniel Barker and that's, that's the end of it here. Like it had been really that 2019 year. There was not – I think Justice Williams played tight end and the greatest guy in the world, but I just don't know that the tight end was the exact right spot. So now it's like, okay, there's some, some depth building here that, that's exciting given what we know how, how they value tight ends. Yeah, I don't know what Luke Ford and Daniel Barker's plans are, but they have this year of eligibility and potentially another year of eligibility. The next group is interesting to me, Joey, because Hohenstein will be gone. Max Rosenthal is the same. Uh, he's got two years of eligibility left. There's kind of this bridge to the group right now that's coming in, Henry Boyer, Owen Anderson. I think those guys are going to need time to develop. Um, so that's where – this could be a position that in a year or two you could see them at a transfer. Um, they're investing a lot of spots on the roster in the tight end, uh, but also a guy like Tip Ryman and his development I think is going to be really important for this group. So um, I think long-term this is a position they'll recruit well, especially if they have success this year. But there is kind of that 2023, uh, depending on what Barker – or 2022, depending on what Barker and Ford do after this year, how good a years they have. And then 2023, like, what's that room look like? I don't know if it'll be as especially strong because it'll be pretty young. Um, but I think this year you got a really great top duo there that has a ton of potential, one guy that's proven, one guy that we think is both going to break out. Like, I think Luke Ford's going to have a good year this year. I think that's a group that can kind of hit the mark of what – the Bioma average was for tight end 61 receptions, 750 yards, a handful of touchdowns. Like that to me is not ridiculous, even though it's so much better than what we've seen from Illinois tight ends recently. Um, but this is a talented group and it's a staff that uses tight ends well and develops them well. So I think it's a good situation at, at tight end. Daniel Barker's proven Luke Ford is not, but that's, that's a really good duo with a little bit of depth behind them. Look, if they, if it comes to a point in you know, 22 where they've got to evaluate where they're at in terms of the transfer portal, you've got a pretty darn good sales pitch to make to any tight end in that transfer portal, because that means Luke Ford and Daniel Barker have had so much success that they've tried their hands at the NFL. And that's really good. Now I think Brett mentioned it at media days. There's a very small pocket relatively speaking of the college football world that values tight ends like and because of that and because of the history and what we think they can do 
that could really recruit itself as a position moving forward. And, and this year's not the end-all be-all, but it is a big year to say, hey, yeah, this part didn't change, right? Like, this is still what we believe in here, are the numbers to prove it. Who are you competing against for tight ends in this class? Like, think about it. Like, it's Iowa, it's Northwestern, it's uh, Wisconsin, Penn State has used them extremely well. Like, those are the teams you're competing against. And then there's other programs like Nebraska that don't use them very much because they're running the spread. Or, you know, Minnesota hasn't used them quite as much. So, yeah, I think it's a, a position that should turn into a strength for Illinois and potentially could right away here this year. It's no accident that everywhere Brett's gone, he's developed tight ends because he's got a sales pitch. He's got the production. He's he's one of the you know handful of coaches, 10, 15, 20 maybe in college sports. When you look at you know who they're recruiting against, right, for that, that talent, that does it. And I, I think there's exciting short-term, there, there are a little bit of questions longer term, right, in terms of that, some of those gap years that, that could exist. But right now, man, I. It's hard still a little bit for me because I remember this almost similar conversation last year. Exactly. And then it just didn't happen. But the coaching staff is the difference here for me. And their desire to use the tight ends, their history of doing it. And I think you nailed it. Someone like Lou, I don't really think a lot about Daniel Barker in the sense of like I pretty much know what he's he's going to do. And I, I think highly of that. But it's not somebody who occupies a lot of brain space because he's so steady. I think that's like, a, like I want to get to your point, but I think that's overlooked by us because could he ha- he could have his best season by right. far uh, with this kind of offense. Yeah, I, I think I know where his floor is, yeah, yeah. right? And, and I think that is for a position that's been really underutilized, I think knowing the floor is really important. And then anything up the, above that is like, oh, okay, this is – this is really good. And, and then I think, as you mentioned, Luke Ford being in his fourth year, and certainly he's got to be at least on a cursory sense aware that the next level has interest in, in a lot of what he's able to do, and, and he's got a coach who can get him there. So the pieces line up, just haven't seen much produced. Like some other positions, I feel like we say this every podcast for a reason, just haven't seen much beyond Darren Barker. Yeah. I feel like this room doesn't have quite the floor of what we've seen out of running backs right um doesn't have quite the low floor of what the receivers have but like receivers it's really intriguing uh with the talent they have but i think there's a much higher floor than wide receivers and a a higher ceiling to be honest with you because daniel barker's proven it i think he can get better and then look forward uh, i think could have a great year potentially all right that'll wrap it up for the tight end podcast hope you guys are enjoying these position previews Next, we're going to get into really what I want to get into, which is offensive line, defensive line. Those will come up later in the week. But as always, appreciate listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. And everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast.